in a stadium rich with tradition. We have that here, and it reeks. And when you come in, teams take the field, they can feel it. The lights shine the brightest. Definitely playing at Camp Randall is one of the best places to play in college football. This is the Camp. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, and the Athletics' Jesse Temple on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Yes, welcome into the camp here on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I'm Zach Heilperin. He is Jesse Temple. Badgers obviously did not have a game. Unfortunately, they got their game against Minnesota canceled, but they do have one coming up on Saturday against Indiana. We'll get into all that. We'll talk about the Minnesota game potential, potential for it to be made up at a later date. Also, uh, a little bit into the latest recruit for Wisconsin, Jake Retzloff out of Minnesota, gave his commitment to the Badgers today. So plenty of that to get to, but we'll start with the big news of the day that uh, will impact Saturday's game. That is that Michael Penix Jr., the star quarterback for Indiana, the, this, the really a breakout star in the Big Ten, is going to miss the rest of the year after tearing his ACL against Maryland. That means it's going to be Jack Tuttle. Wisconsin coaches familiar with Jack Tuttle. They went after him pretty hard recruiting-wise, uh, but it'll be him. But Jesse, missing out on Michael Penix Jr., it's unfortunate because he's been, uh, I, I think, as I said, a breakout star here in the Big Ten. Yeah, I really think this changes the dynamic completely because Indiana had established itself as a top-ten team, lost by just a touchdown to Ohio State, and Penix Jr. was the biggest reason why. Even before the season, I uh, – mentioned in a in a story for the athletic when we were looking at the big 10 i thought he would be the the team the breakout player in the conference um because of what he did last year in in, in limited duty and, and now without him i don't know how you can say the offense is going to look the same you know he had 14 touchdown passes and 1600 yards and was a threat on the ground as well so i i do think that this tilts it even further in wisconsin's direction assuming that the badgers are ready to roll and and don't look rusty because in this weird season, uh, they just can't build any momentum. They can't. So is this where I congratulate you for picking the right breakout player? Do I, can I do like a virtual, yeah. virtual tap on the back or maybe you can virtual pat yourself on the, on the back. back. I mean, you've already been doing it, but maybe if you can, could do it for me because I, I'd love to give you a little <laughs> bit of, of, uh, you know, depth, they dap you up for that. That's pretty impressive. Well, that's that's what I'm here for. I mean, I detect <laughs> it, it, it more than a hint of sarcasm there, but you know that that's if I can't prop myself up, then who will? So well, I did anyway. Well, I uh, did. Yeah, I, 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 I did in our preseason look at the Big Ten. I I may well, have mentioned verified. him. That's in an yeah. actual story, so I'm not you know just making it up. I know, I know. I'm just saying. No, congratulations on that. But no, you're right. It is. It's a it's a huge hit for Indiana. He's, he's the he's been the guy in helping them get to number ten in the country, and their offense has been good. But they didn't win with their offense this past week. It was their defense that that really shut down. Um, uh, not to a. Baby to him. Baby to him. That's that's horrible to him. But uh, a guy who had been playing quite good, and that Maryland offense had been playing uh, quite good, and they they shut him down for the most part. And they, they, like Northwestern, have been able to force turnovers very, very well. Uh, And the last time we saw Wisconsin's offense, it was turning the ball over five times. So while, yes, it is a significant hit that it won't be Michael Penix Jr. playing quarterback for Indiana. It'll be Jack Tuttle. That, to me, was never the huge concern. Like, yeah, the, the defense was going to be tested, no doubt, whoever the quarterback was, and they, they will be tested. But the, the, the biggest question going to this is, for the first time in a very long time, Wisconsin's offense is not uh, the better unit here when it compared to the Indiana defense, right? Or am I wrong? Because I know Indiana put up a whole bunch of points on them, but for the most part, they've been pretty darn good this year. 
I think if Wisconsin hadn't have played Northwestern, then it, I, I would have had much more confidence in the offense because the Badgers are averaging 47 points a game through two games. But Northwestern was the best defense Wisconsin had faced to that point. We knew that the Wildcats had built basically their success on that. And they flustered Graham Mertz into four turnovers, three picks. He lost a fumble. And then Garrett Groshek obviously lost the other fumble. So Indiana's even better at takeaways. The Hoosiers have 16 interceptions. Uh, so that's even better than Northwestern. And, you know, Graham has talked, and, and even on Monday when he talked with reporters on Zoom about what he's learned and watching film and breaking things down. And he's consistently said in the last couple of weeks that timing and execution were the two biggest factors against Northwestern. But you're going to have to be on your game again this week because it certainly doesn't get any easier against Indiana. And it's uh, it's really fascinating that the, the, what the Hoosiers have been able to do and what Tom Allen has been able to do to build up that program into – you can make the case right now they're the second best team in the Big Ten. And I don't even know if it's that difficult to say given that Northwestern just lost to Michigan State. They're either the second or the third best team in the league, uh, at least based on what they've done on the field to this point. No, you're right. In Indiana, what they've done – has been impressive. What we last saw from Wisconsin was not, but it's also, I think as we talked about last week, no Danny Davis, no Kendrick Pryor. That passing game was was not great. I think is is that being fair to the to the passing game against Northwestern? Is it not great? Is it, or is that being a little bit too complimentary? <laughs> no? All right. Um, no. Then maybe I, that's the highest you can go. Yeah, not 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 great. Um, not great. But so they didn't have Danny at least part of that was not having Danny Davis or Kendrick Pryor. It sounds like they will have Kendrick Pryor back. He tweeted last week that he would have been back for the Minnesota game. Paul Chris said that they, you know, do expect to have KP this week, but Danny Davis is kind of more up in the air. We still don't know what the injury was or even if it was an injury to Danny Davis because obviously they're not making declarations one way or the other, whether it's COVID or, or injury related. We know that Kendrick Pryor got dinged up. He left that Michigan game with an upper body injury. Uh, Danny Davis also appeared to get dinged up, but was never there was there was never an injury report on him. But getting back those two or even getting back one is is would be a huge, huge boon to this offense, I think is is probably saying it lightly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and certainly we've talked about how Graham struggled against Northwestern, and that was rightfully a big storyline. But we mentioned this last week. It's not like he had a lot to work with. Chimray DK has emerged as the number one guy <laughs> if you don't have Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor. Uh, and he was in high school last year. And I mentioned this last week, too, but Davis and Pryor, those two guys had combined for 163 catches for 1,965 yards and 16 touchdowns in their careers. Well, when they rolled into the Northwestern game and didn't have either of those guys, then the four guys Wisconsin used in the two deep had combined for 14 career catches, 136 yards and a touchdown. Chimray was able to build on that against Northwestern, but you just didn't have a lot to work with. And so if you get Kendrick Pryor back, I think it makes a substantial difference. And obviously, if you have Danny as well, then Graham has his full arsenal to work with and Jake Ferguson uh, as well, assuming that that he's ready to go because we did see that he was banged up late in that Northwestern game. Yeah, no, they've got, I mean, they've got questions, certainly, you know, defensively they have questions too, but it's a, it's a question of a a guy that they wouldn't have had no matter what, because he uh, got injured against Northwestern. That is Rashad Wild Goose, who I think shocked everybody in that has followed Wisconsin, that, that reports on Wisconsin, Shocked everybody when he announced last week that he, or what was that, Friday or Saturday, that he announced that he is turning pro and heading off to the NFL, getting ready for the NFL. Now, he wouldn't have been, it's unlikely he would have been able to play in either of these last two games because of the injury that he had. He was still in a sling as of Thanksgiving. So, but it caught me off guard a little bit. Of all the guys that we could potentially leave early, he was not at the top of anybody's list. 
I was surprised as well. And I do think we, we don't know the full extent of what that injury was. So this is speculation. But if we assume that he knew it was serious enough that he wasn't going to play the rest of the season, not that there were very many games left, that that made his decision much easier. You know, if he's healthy, he's not making that decision now. He's making it at the end of the season. But you're right. Uh, he still had another year of eligibility and really two, given that everyone had a free year. Uh, and Jim Leonard has consistently praised him in the last couple of months that he was the most versatile cornerback Wisconsin had because of his ability to not only play on the outside, but to defend the slot. He was Wisconsin's go-to guy when they went to the nickel. And so, you know, that's a role that Fan Hicks talked about on Monday that he had to fulfill a little bit against Northwestern and probably will moving forward. I do think, though, that if there was any position that you could lose a guy like that, you know, Wisconsin is is well positioned at cornerback just because of the depth and the experience. But that's a pretty big deal to not have Rashad moving forward and, and to have him leave at this time, given what he did on the field. Right. And he technically had two years left of eligibility remaining because exactly. this year does not count. Um, but if they are going to lose a player at a position, that would probably be it. Do we think it's going to be Samar Melvin? Do we think it's going to be Dante Burton? Do we think it's going to be Alexander Smith? I mean, who's who is... Uh, who steps in as that third corner now behind Caesar Williams and Fayon Hicks? Because we saw a little if bit I of Burton, had, saw a little yeah. bit of Melvin. If I would, right. go ahead. <laughs> see, when we can't see each other in the virtual world, yeah. we cut each other off a little more. I, I mean, I was going to say it's it's between Burton and Melvin. Um, those would be the two guys. You know, Melvin obviously showed last year uh, that he could step in as a true freshman. He started a couple games, including in the Big Ten Championship, but we know that Burton is just as capable, and you mentioned it last week, like when, when Caesar Williams had a playoff because his helmet got knocked off, they threw Burton in, they threw right at him, and he broke up a pass. So those would be the top two candidates. I mean, both of them are going to play because we know that Leonard likes to rotate his corners, uh, and especially if you're going to have five DBs on the field, you're going to play them a lot more. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said before, I think they're well-positioned at cornerback, even though it's a substantial blow not to have Wild Goose moving forward. It definitely is. Um, all right, so that's the Indiana game, but I wanted to get into what the Big Ten is going through right now, and that would be <laughs> outbreaks in various places that could impact significantly not just uh, the Big Ten, but also the college football playoff. Ohio State had to cancel its second game, or had to miss its second game. The first game that got canceled was a result of Maryland not being able to play. This time, it's Ohio State not being able to play against Illinois. So they're now down to six games. They lose one more game. They are not eligible for the Big Ten championship game. And significant, significant number of cancellations would have to happen for them to be eligible. I'm wondering if in your mind, if at the end of this, Ohio State only plays five games. Whether whether they end up playing this week or you know potentially Michigan not be able to play next week because they are pausing activities or at least I should say uh, did not practice today because of presumptive uh, positive COVID tests. Do you think the Big Ten revisits its must play certain number of games to be eligible for the Big Ten championship game, or do they just go ahead and, and roll with it and it potentially be you know Indiana versus Northwestern for the Big Ten championship game while Wisconsin and Ohio State are playing in that second place game? This is a really tricky question because there's a big part of me that thinks common sense should prevail. Ohio State is the best team in the Big Ten. Uh, a college football playoff team, if they had played enough games, if they do play enough games, and yet the Big Ten established ground rules when this season started and said, assuming the average doesn't drop below eight or however the numbers work out, they have to play uh, at least six games apparently to it's, qualify. Yeah, sorry. Apparently, just to get this off, apparently it's – I always read it as if it fell below six. 
or I should say uh, six or below. So I thought if it got down to six, you know, then it would drop to to, to four or whatever it is. I guess I misread it because apparently it's below six, meaning it would have to get down to below five and a half uh, of the average games played to round down to the five. So it's not going to happen. But okay, go ahead. No, I'm, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, um, I've been operating on the, in, the, the entire year that it was, was six or below. So if it got below, you know, 6.5, it would round down to six, and then you would, you, you would be good to go if you had played at least four games. Well, that's not actually the case. So, uh, because they were creeping down towards it, and especially if more games get canceled this week. It was, it was starting to creep down towards that, but now it has to go a whole other game average to go down, and it's, that's not going to happen. That was a lot of complex math for me. I guess that's why I pursued sports writing. Um, but um, sorry, go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, I think this is tough because I think if the Big Ten changes course, then it makes it seem like they're bending over backwards for Ohio State because the Buckeyes are the clear playoff contender. Um, and maybe it would be the same situation if Wisconsin had actually beat Northwestern and was three and zero now and um, was a top ten team. But ultimately, I think the Big Ten is probably going to stick with the rules that it established. I mean, I hope Ohio State can get to six games, even though right now we don't know whether that's going to happen, considering uh, the situation at Michigan. Because the thing is, as we've seen, it doesn't just knock you out for a week, especially with the 21-day return-to-play protocol. With Wisconsin, it was two games. Um, we've seen it with two games for multiple teams. Maryland. So Now, yeah, Maryland. now, now Minnesota. Yeah, so... This just sucks. I mean, overall, this is just awful. And I blame the Big Ten entirely for this by giving no flexibility whatsoever. I know I've said that repeatedly, but it's just dumbfounding to me that they would think that this wouldn't affect the conference when it clearly had affected programs across the country. Like what made the Big Ten special? You pigeonholed the league by mandating eight games and eight weekends, and then the ninth weekend was going to be this Champions Week. So... It's the Big Ten's own fault that it's created this mess, and unfortunately, a team like Ohio State may suffer. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I wonder, you know, hopefully, like like this past weekend, if Ohio State had canceled earlier than it did, like say it cancels on Wednesday instead of Friday, does Wisconsin and Illinois play? I mean, I would they have been open to to playing that to those two teams playing again? I don't know. I I feel like no, they just played each other. But still, uh, it, but that's the thing. Like you have to. Here's the thing. Every other, I feel like every other conference would be flexible enough to do that. Like they would be flexible enough to allow it to happen because it's a it's a game. It doesn't matter that they've played before. At least in my mind, you could have it. It, it it's a game. And because Wisconsin was unable to play, they're no longer eligible to be in the Big Ten championship game. So like. It's not Wisconsin's fault that that Minnesota had to cancel. It's not Illinois' fault that Ohio State had to cancel. You have, I mean, they're only four and a half hours apart. I feel like that game could have been that that's something that could have happened had it happened earlier in the week. I feel like other conferences would be flexible like that. We've seen the ACC move games around. We've seen the SEC move games around. The Big Ten just has been so not flexible, and and be, and that's because they, as you said, put themselves in this position by starting so late. Yeah, this is peak 2020 to me. Is uh, Northwestern potentially clinching the West because of a cancellation? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> isn't that weird? Right. Uh, can we admit though that I mean Northwestern beat Wisconsin? They should be the team that goes in the Big Ten West. Assuming, yeah, right? You know what I mean? Like unless they lose, I guess if they lose another game, if they were to lose their finale to, to Illinois, and they're only 
you know, Wisconsin's only loss is, is one. I guess technically Wisconsin would be the, the better team, but they, they played a game, they lost. It is They didn't play their best game. Uh, I still think Wisconsin perhaps is a better team than Northwestern, but they played, they lost, and so it is what it is. But I think that there is a outside chance that the Big Ten will change its mind because of the pressure from Ohio State and the potential money that they're losing out on of not being in the college football playoff. Because if if, if it's not Ohio State, it's not going to be anybody else. So, And we know, based on them doing this season as is, how much how uh, important money is to this conference. Yeah, and I saw College Game Day discussing this on Saturday, too, about Ohio State's potential playoff situation. Because let's say they're undefeated and don't get to play in a conference championship game and they're a top four team or five or six or whatever. I mean, the playoff committee, that would cost Ohio State, in my mind, a shot to get to the playoff when you've got other teams that are playing 9, 10, 11. I mean, double-digit games, if you've got a, even a non-Power 5 program that's undefeated, like a Cincinnati or something like that, it's tough to justify Ohio State going to the playoff when a team like Cincinnati might win its conference championship and be undefeated. You know, At a certain point, you have to say, this team played more games, and even though Ohio State might be a better team, you have to judge it on the merits of the season. So that's a different conversation, but that's 2020 college football for you. It's been a total cluster, yeah. uh, and it will continue. Yeah. So assuming Ohio State does end up playing enough games and they end up playing Northwestern in the title game, would you like to see the Wisconsin game get made up so that it's Wisconsin-Minnesota in that Champions Week uh, as opposed to Wisconsin and potentially Indiana again or Wisconsin and Maryland or something like that? Would you prefer to see Minnesota? A hundred percent, and I think everybody else would too, and certainly the players were asked about it on Monday, and they want to play that game too. It's a, it's a big deal. It's been played every year since 1907. Only once since 1890 have the teams not played. That was back in 1906. So it's a big deal. And for the seniors, it's their last opportunity. We know how important Paul Bunyan's axe is and the opportunity to chop it down. And to me, that Champions Week, if you're not playing for the conference title, it's just an exhibition anyway. So who cares? So why does the number two or number three team in the East have to play the number two or number three team in the West? Let's get the matchups that we didn't get to see in the regular season and the games that people actually want to see. That would be far more compelling to basically everybody, uh, I don't know who would say I'd rather see Wisconsin and Indiana, even though they just played two weeks earlier. Let's see Wisconsin, Minnesota. I hope the Big Ten at least changes that rule. All right. So say Ohio State doesn't play enough games to get in the Big Ten title game. Would you rather see Wisconsin, Ohio State or Wisconsin, Minnesota? Oh, well, I'd rather see the Ohio State game. <laughs> um, but, you know, I didn't I didn't grow up in the state and live and breathe the border battle and I'm not playing in the game. So. I would, I, to me, Wisconsin should always be measured in, by Big Ten standards in terms of how it matches up against Ohio State, certainly based on what we've seen in the last several years, and we know that the Badgers have been close. So I would much rather see Wisconsin play Ohio State. It's a better team. Minnesota's not even good this year. True, but it's also 1906, man. That's the last time it wasn't played. You, you, yeah, want, you, want, you want that continuous rivalry you want that to continue to build on the longest played rivalry in, in uh, the fbs i personally i'd rather see minnesota I, I feel like that game is means more to the fan base and means more to the players even though you know it is ohio state and we all i mean if ohio state is not in the title game still say, say they're undefeated but they're not in the title game they need to make a statement what happened last time the two teams met when ohio state needed to make a statement um, 
I feel like Ohio State has to make a statement every time it plays, but are you going back to 2014? I am. Uh, I don't know that that's a fair comparison. I mean, they, they needed to make a statement to get into the college football playoff, you know, the last... But they needed they the needed to make a huge, huge statement to get into the playoff. They didn't just have to win, right? Because Wisconsin, because of where Wisconsin was in the polls, all, all it would take from Ohio State was just win. But even that, I mean, like what? Uh, the 2017, they didn't get in, even though they won the Big Ten. Yeah, right. It's true. Is that right? I believe that is. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, because the Big Ten went three years without getting in. They didn't. Win, they didn't go in 2016, 2017, or 2018. Yeah, I understand the sentiment and the sentimentality of the Wisconsin Minnesota game. I'm certainly not disrespecting it, and understand that they played every year for a century. I'm just talking about in my mind what I feel like would be a more compelling on-field matchup. <laughs> and Wisconsin hasn't beaten Ohio State in a decade. And that, to me, is the measuring stick uh, that the Badgers really should be measured by every year. So that's why I'd rather see it. But either game would be a heck of a lot better than any other matchup possible. Excuse me. It was It was obviously it was two years. The Big Ten champion in 2016 when, when Penn State beat Wisconsin in the title game, Ohio State ended up getting into the playoff even though they didn't win the title. And then, the, and then 2017 and 2018, they did not... Uh, have a team in the playoff, and then last year, obviously, Ohio State was in there. But yeah, no, it's it is a uh, it's an interesting question. I, mean, I think it's I, again, I I get where you're coming from. I think uh, everyone that national cachet of Ohio State, if you if you win that game, but it's also you know Wisconsin Minnesota. So uh, because if it's a second place game, who cares who wins it with Wisconsin I Ohio agree. State? You know what I mean? Like who cares? <laughs> it's it's not I a mean, t- it's not a title yeah. game. It's 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 not like you get a championship trophy out of it. I don't know. Maybe that maybe they will. Maybe like Champions Week, whoever every winner of those games gets you know a trophy to put up. Maybe uh, even like a Rutgers or Illinois could hang a banner off of winning champ uh, winning a game during Champions Week. I don't. I don't know. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that is kind of what the Big Ten is is facing right now. Wanted to get into the one big recruiting note of the day. Uh, Jake Retzloff, a linebacker out of Minnesota, gave his verbal commitment to the Badgers. He's a three-star recruit according to the 24-7 composite. He's a four-star recruit according to uh, 27-7 sports. I believe that's 11 four- or five-star recruits uh, in this class according to the 24-7 rankings. But it's a it's another big addition, a guy who had been committed to Minnesota and their hockey program for for a long time, decided to play football after going undrafted last last month uh, in the NHL draft and chooses the Badgers over uh, Minnesota, Iowa, and Iowa State, and also gives Wisconsin the number one player and the number five player in the state of Minnesota. Yeah, I think this is a really big deal. Like in a few years, I I, I feel like we'll be looking back and this would be like, why didn't more programs? go after this dude. You know, Wisconsin is obviously loaded at outside linebacker right now, but I think he has the versatility to maybe move inside, maybe play some different roles. And just what he did as a difference maker on the field was astounding. His team only played six games this season. Minnesota, initially they moved football to the spring, then they moved it back to the fall. And in six games, he had 70 tackles. He blocked three punts. And you just look at his numbers overall – He's a tackling machine. He had 261 and a half tackles. These are some numbers that his coach sent me today. Like, just an absolute force. First team All-State. And so, I think it's a big deal, and it really does wrap up what is clearly the best class in the online ranking era for Wisconsin. Um, I don't. I almost thought, like, you don't necessarily 
need this last piece because right. of what Wisconsin had, but you'll certainly take it. And really was one of the last, like it was him or Yanni Karlaftis. Like that was basically the only people that we were waiting on is what the decision they were going to make. Yanni's older brother plays for Purdue. I would expect that he'll wind up there. He's going to make his decision during the early signing period, which starts December 16th. But yeah, I think this is uh, just another quality pickup and shows what Wisconsin has been able to do on the recruiting front. And I know the hope for Badgers fans is that you then turn this into playing at a higher level. So we'll have to wait and see, but pretty good run three straight classes. It, it definitely is. And, and getting back into Minnesota too, right? There's, there were a few years there where they didn't attack Minnesota with, same, with maybe the same ferocity or, or had as much success as they had uh, earlier on. But these, th- this class for sure, getting Riley Malman and getting uh, Jake Retzlaff out of that state and it looks like Minnesota will only take two of the top five players in their own state. Uh, is, is the boat leaking? What's going on there? What do you think, Jesse? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sort of inclined <laughs> to look at last season as more of an aberration based on what's happening this year. Um, I don't know. I mean, Wisconsin's been the better program consistently for a long time. And I think they've got a lot of momentum in recruiting. And like we've seen on the basketball front, it's, it's not that hard to go the next state over and get those guys when you've consistently had the better program. So maybe it's a, an emerging trend. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before uh, we wrap things up? I think we pretty much got it. I hope we have a game this Saturday because <laughs> we're halfway through the regular season and half of Wisconsin's games have been canceled. So uh, it's been pretty boring this year. <laughs> it has been absolutely brutal for sure. One programming note, I've had some people, I know this is Wisconsin Football Podcast, but I've had some people reach out on Twitter asking about The Swing, which we also do together. Uh, the um, That sounded weird. We also do The Swing, uh, the Wisconsin Basketball Podcast, and I uh, had some people asking about whether, when that was coming back. And good news, it's coming back this Wednesday. We'll be doing a taping a show after Wisconsin takes on UW-Green Bay. But early impressions, Jesse, I know this is a football podcast, but early impressions... Very impressive for the yeah. Wisconsin basketball Senior team. Senior team, yeah. Senior laden team with a couple freshmen coming off the bench, and I know we'll get into it more this week. But they moved up to number four in the AP Top Twenty-five, so expectations are high. I just hope we get through a season unscathed. Yeah. Again, you can uh, find that on every place or where you're listening to this right now. You can also find the swing on uh, that podcasting uh, service as well. We'll talk uh, next week, Jesse. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Zach. And you've been listening to The Camp here on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.